Well, tonight, let's go way back in our book in time, back to Genesis. Uh, and uh, you say, well, way back near the beginning, I'm not going to talk about tonight, but there's a, we can go back to the foundation of the world, but we, as we studied before, there's a lot of things happened before the foundation of the world. That's not our lesson tonight, but going way back in Genesis, going to read in uh, uh, chapter 11, and going to read the scripture, this was uh, uh, after the flood. It appears to be shortly after the flood. I don't know the time, and it's easy for me to not really understand time. One page, another page can be a big distance in time. But uh, back at time, uh, in, in chapter 11, talks about the, the Tower of Babel. And uh, so we'll look at that and, and see, well, you know, what, what was wrong with, with what they did? So Genesis 11, and let's read the first nine verses. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. We'll see that particular place, Shinar, has some meaning a little later. Verse 3, and they said one to another, come, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, come, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower uh, which the children of men built it. And the Lord said, Behold, the people are one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be withheld uh, from them which they have imagined to do. Come, let us go down, and therefore confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there upon the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from there did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So we see this uh, tower that they were building and this city and so forth. But what was wrong with this? And, of course, when it says the Lord came down to see, this is just, a, I guess, an expression that we may look at. The Lord knows all things and, and, of course, in charge of all things and in control of all things. But anyway, so uh, looked at this, and, uh, but what was wrong? I mean, clearly, this is something that the, the Lord disrupted. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the right word to use. I'll have to stick with it for now. But what was wrong with what they were doing, building this tower to heaven. What was wrong with it? Well, verse, I, I like something I saw in verse 6 that I hadn't seen before. Verse 6 says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people are one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. Hadn't noticed that before. And this they begin to do. 
what had they begun to do? Well, verse 4 then. And they said, come, let us build us a city. So th this is what they've done. Verse 6 says, and this is what they begin to do. And this is it in verse 4. Build a city and a tower whose top may reach to heaven. And let us make us a name. This is what they began to do. Verse 6, it says it in a different way. This they began to do. And what was it they began to do? They began to try to build a tower to heaven and make us a name. Make us a name. So let me ask you, uh, is the way to heaven by building a tower? Is the way to heaven by the works of man? Well, we know the answer. That's not the way to heaven. But that's what they were doing. It says, and this they began to do by their works to try to build a way into heaven. That's, and this they began to do. And, and not only that, build a tower that may reach the heaven by our works. And it says, and make us a name. It, isn't that exactly what we hear from most of the religious world today? Trying to get to heaven by their works and make us a name. And, and you don't see too many of these tracks anymore since all the media and everything, but I used to pick them up a lot. And, and all the things that they do would tell you what you had to do and that you could boast in. Well, you know, I, I take the first step and I chose the Lord and I, and I prayed through and I keep all these and I do all these works and I uh, help all these people and, and do all these, these things. Let us make us a name. They'll talk about maybe the Lord Jesus Christ but then they set him aside and said, well, this is the way to heaven based on what you do. Heard a man a long time ago. He said, I made up my mind a long time ago I was going to heaven. He didn't give the Lord any honor and glory for it at all. All the things that he was going to do make us a name. And Betty, it comes to mind, somebody we uh, mentioned several years ago, for make us a name, how important we are. This man, he said, of course, on television, reaching, I guess, millions of people and then thousands of people in this huge auditorium. And he said, God needs you. Of course, what he was wanting was, God needs your money to put in my pocket, is what he was saying. But God needs you. He said, in fact, point your finger at yourself and say, God needs me. Doesn't that sound like make a name for us? So they was trying to have a way to heaven by their works. And boy, make a name for us. And that's what they do today. All the things that you must do. And oh, a guy one time came to me and, and he found out that I was a member of the church or teacher or something. And, and uh, he said, he said, you'll really appreciate me. 
I used to do all these bad things. But now, I don't get angry anymore, I don't cuss anymore, I don't smoke anymore. A name for himself. That's what he, what he looked to. So, uh, that's what they were doing here. Uh, he, he said, uh, they got one language, he says, and this they began to do. Try to build a way to heaven by their works. Try to make a name for themselves. Instead of giving honor and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father who chose us and developed the plan of salvation. That's not, not uh, let's give God the glory, but let us make us a name. This they begin to do. So then verse 9, it says... Uh, Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from there did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. And I kind of hadn't noticed that before. The Lord scattered them abroad upon the face of the earth. And it's obvious that he did. On Sunday mornings while I'm getting ready, Betty, I'll... I'll have the television on to one religious channel after another. And, and this, working your way, heaven by our works, it's scattered. It's on every channel. They'll, they'll start out talking a little bit about Jesus, a little bit about God. And then it's all based on what you must do. So it, it's, it's scattered abroad. It's scattered abroad. So... Uh, who were these people here that building this tower, uh, trying to reach heaven by building by their works? Who were these people? And can we trace back this genealogy a little bit and see uh, who they were and why they trusted in this? So in verse 2, it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. I mentioned that, Shinar. So let's go back a little bit in Genesis chapter 10 and uh, go back to verse 8. And Cush begot Nimrod. Remember Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth, or at least in his own sight. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. So Babel, there was, that was the kingdom of Nimrod. And Eric and Akkad and Kalne in the land of Shinar. So that's where this tower of Babel was. That's who was building this. That's his uh, kingdom. That was his belief. That was his doctrine. We'll, we'll get to heaven by building by our works. We'll get to heaven that way. We'll make a name for ourselves. So that was Nimrod. Mighty one, if you look, look at it. Build a way to heaven. Make us a name. And I think, doesn't the word proud come to mind whenever you look at Nimrod and his word? Let's make us a name, not glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And you know, just crossed my mind, certainly not a large group here, but we're gathered here, and not, tonight, not just tonight, but as far back as I can remember, and some of you go back farther than me, but gathered here, Brother Austin, Brother Don would give honor and glory to the Lord. Never lift up man. Never lift up man. And Bill, we talking, you kept coming back for more. Other places, you can go, and they'll lift up man. All what you've done, and, and, and so forth and so on, instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's, it's proud. Make us a name. It's pride. It's proud. And I, as I look at pride and proud, in Psalms chapter 12, Psalms 12, it gives a really good description uh, of what proud and pride is. And certainly it shows us this was the case here. Uh, Psalms 12, <clears throat> verse 3 and 4. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Was that a proud thing where we'll build, we'll make us a name, we'll build us a, by our works a way to heaven? And the tongue that speaketh proud things, who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? And again, this doctrine is scattered throughout. Who is Lord over us? You can't hardly listen to anyone or anything on television, but they'll have in there that we're free moral agents. What are they saying when they say we are free, we're, we are free moral agents? We do as we choose, we do as we please, our actions are our own. Again, if you're going to get to heaven, it's all the things you do. But we're free will. What are they saying? Those, they're saying what it says here. Who is Lord over us? Now, we can talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they'll say, well, I'm not a puppet on a string. That's proud. If you want to say a puppet on a string, a robot. But that doesn't demoralize me. I'm a puppet on a string. Because I know who's controlling the strings. Isn't that a blessing to know who's controlling the strings? Who's controlling our life? Who's controlling everything? But not the pride. Our lips are our own. Who's Lord over us? So the doctrine of Nimrod, the pride, it's scattered throughout the world today. And we see it. Who's Lord over us? And in the, uh, the 10th Psalm, and verse 4... The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for his enemies, he puffeth at them. So this wicked that has his pride said his ways, 
how many, that's plural. How many ways are there? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. One way. But the pride is ways. You must do this. You have to stop doing this. It, it's ways, things that you do. Again, making a name uh, for themselves. But this is, uh, this is Nimrod was proud. It was pride. We'll make a way to heaven by our works. We'll make a name for ourselves, leaving the Lord completely out of it. And again, I hear so much of that today. Again, they'll talk about the Lord Jesus Christ a little, but then they'll set him aside and talk about all the things that you have to do or not do, whichever it may be. So Nimrod was not seeking God's help. He was seeking a name for himself and get to heaven by his works and his might. That was, that was the way of, of Nimrod. That was scattered throughout the earth, and it's, it's everywhere today. But so back in there in, uh, in our text, let's go back a little farther. So we see they built this tower in Shinar, and we see this was Nimrod, uh, Nimrod's uh, uh, kingdom he was building that he might make a name for themselves and everything. Uh, so, see, we looked in, uh, yeah, I think in 9 and 10, so that was, uh, uh, that was Nimrod. Now, so let's go back a little farther in his genealogies and see if we can pick up a clue of something else there. So Genesis uh, 10 and verse 6. So we went back uh, in Nimrod's genealogy a little bit. Verse 6, And the sons of Ham was Cush and, and Mizraim and Put and Canaan. Now if you go on down through there, you'll come up to Nimrod. So Nimrod is the descendant of Ham. So we learned a little about Nimrod building this kingdom, building a name for himself. His genealogy comes down from Ham, one of the sons of Noah. So what, uh, what some things we see about Ham early on? Uh, chapter 9, Genesis 9. And again, you look at all this in the genealogy of these people back here. Uh, Genesis 9 and... Um, So this is uh, after uh, the flood as they come out of the ark and ver uh, 9 and 20. And Noah began to be a farmer and he planted a vineyard. And he drank of the wine and became drunk. And he was uncovered within his tent. He was naked. And Ham, who is in a genealogy of Nimrod, I don't know his great-great-great-great-grandfather, whatever, I don't know how far it went back, but it's in that genealogy. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two sons outside. So he saw the nakedness. He didn't do anything to correct it. Verse 23. And Shem and, and uh, Japheth took a garment 
and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. So here we have Ham saw the nakedness, didn't have, uh, didn't try to uh, cover. I'll just leave it at that. Did not try to cover the nakedness. So, if we think about nakedness back here in Genesis, what else comes to mind? Adam and Eve saw they were naked, didn't they? So, back in the third chapter of Genesis, and uh, go to verse 7 first. This is after they had partaken and so forth uh, of the fruit. And the eyes of them were both opened. This is verse 7, uh, Genesis 3 and 7. And the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they knew they were naked. What was their, uh, what was their cure for the problem? Works of man. It says, they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a, uh, aprons. So they saw that they were naked. And what was their cure? Works of hands. Made themselves fig leaves. Ham saw his father naked. He didn't do anything to cover it. But here, Adam, they saw they were naked, and the works of their own hands made fig leaves. And if we go to verse 8, uh, it says, And they heard the voice, now this is after they sewed fig leaves together. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord uh, God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam, and he said, Where art thou? Thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He had made the works of his hands, he had made the fig leaves, but they were still naked, weren't they? It, the works of the hands didn't work. It did not cover the naked. It did not cover their shame. The works of Nimrod did not get them to heaven. That wasn't the way to heaven. And this wasn't the way to cover nakedness, wasn't the way to cover their shame. Well, what was? Well, today, what's the way to heaven? Well, it's Jesus Christ and Him crucified, right? Shed blood. So, in Adam and Eve's case, if we go to verse 21 of chapter 3. And for Adam, also for his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. As I said before, he didn't go out to the leather store and buy him coats made of leather. It wasn't artificial leather. He killed an animal. Bloodshed to make a covering for Adam and Eve. And, and I 
I can't help, I kind of just try to imagine this sometimes. I think there was no record of death of anything before this time. And I think, I don't know how long Adam and Eve was in the garden before this took place. I just don't know. I don't know if time was even, I don't know when time even started as far as that goes. But I picture Adam and Eve going in this Garden of Eden and probably seeing this little lamb and everything, you know. And then the Lord killed the lamb, shed the blood, put the skins on them. I picture the blood still dripping down on them. So their works of the hands did not cover their shame, did not cover their nakedness. It took the shedding of blood. And we know, of course, the shedding of blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ covers our sin, covers our shame. Not the works of the hands. Matthew chapter 25 So the way to heaven wasn't Nimrod's way. Uh, Ham didn't do anything to cover the nakedness of his father. Adam and Eve, the works of the hands, didn't cover their nakedness. Took the shedding of blood of an, of an animal. Uh, Matthew 25. So, Nimrod's works didn't work. Ham didn't do anything to cover the nakedness of his father. Adam and Eve tried to cover their own nakedness. Didn't work. So let's look here, and there's a lot more in this. I just want to read this. But in Matthew chapter uh, 25 and starting verse 34. And the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. And you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. So here's one, naked. And he said to these, he says, and you clothed me. Not like Ham. Ham, Ham didn't clothe his father, did he? Adam and Eve didn't clothe themselves either. So naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in? Or naked and clothed thee? Lord, when, when did we do this? Or when saw we, uh, saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto me? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you have done it to one of these, least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. So Ham didn't close his father, didn't cover the nakedness. Uh, 
Then shall he say also to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, to everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick in prison, visit me not. So, naked, and they clothed him not. Ham didn't cover his father's nakedness. So, are we to start a clothing collection to give out clothing made of cotton and linen and, and fabrics and things like that? Will that cover the nakedness? No. The, it took the shedding of blood to cover the nakedness. And that's what we do, Brother Bill, is we, uh, we don't gather up these things and give them physical clothes and things, but we show them, okay, the only covering, not, not the works of the hands, not by the might building of your, working your way to heaven, the only covering for any of us is the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we clothe them. Ham did not. And his descendant Nimrod did not make us a name. So by teaching and witnessing that by their works they cover their nakedness, by their works that's the way to heaven, uh, that, that won't cover their nakedness. That won't, that won't, uh, their works won't get them there. But those that teach that make a name for themselves. That's what they was doing there in Babel. By the works of the hands. Fig leaves didn't work. So what, what do we do? Well, we point them to Adam's coat that the Lord made in shedding of blood. We point him to the Passover lamb. When God was going to come through Egypt that night and take the life of all the firstborn, he says, you, you take a lamb, you put it up, you observe it for three days, and make sure it's without spot, without blindness, and you put the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. We tell them, that's the way. And you know, it's, going back to that, men are like Ham and Nimrod. Let's make us a name for ourselves. And I mentioned this before, but the thought came to me again. Let's say today, 2022, almost 2023, if somehow this came to pass, and the Lord says, I'm coming through tonight, and I'm going to take the life of every firstborn, and you take this blood and put it on the limb, on the two side post. If we drove down the streets of Ironton, I know now you're going to see beautiful lights and things like that and see different decorations. But, if Lord, but somehow if this came to pass, and just imagine with me, and the Lord said, you put the blood on the linen on two side post, and when I see that blood, I'll pass over. Death won't enter back there. You'll be saved. I can just picture driving down the streets of Ireton. Maybe there'll be a little blood up there, but I can just picture big signs. Lord, now, I'll tell you what I used to do, but I cleaned up my life, and, and I turned over a new leaf, 
and I don't get angry anymore, and I don't do this anymore. There was, I, I think that's what we'd see. One of Dolores' friends several years ago, she's passed away now. She gave Dolores, and this such of Dolores, we were married and, and everything, and gave her a dollar. And she says, well, what's this for? She said, well, one time when we was kids, you know, and in school, I think maybe our, our lunch money got mixed up. Well, she really said, I stole your lunch money. But what she says, I don't want a dollar sending me to hell. So I can just picture driving by this woman's house. Well, that dollar that I stole that time, I gave it back to her. Not trusting the blood at all, but a name, making a name for themselves, what I did and what I don't do. I think that's what we would see. But we point them to the blood. Not making a name for yourself. If Isaiah says, we're all an unclean thing. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. But here... Uh, these, uh, well, let's go to, to uh, far as naked and so forth, and let, let's go to Revelation chapter 3. So we'll go up about the uh, churches here, the seven churches of Asia. Revelation chapter 3, and, and read about uh, uh, one of them, and, and some, of the, some of the belief of some of them. Revelation 3, and uh, church of Laodicea here. Verse 17, because thou sayest, I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. So that's what they said. We're rich, increased with goods, and we don't need anything. We've got everything we need. We're self-contained. We don't need anything. But he said, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. If they were physically naked, they would have known that. So it wasn't that. They had no covering for their sins. And the world has no covering for the sin. The only, the only covering they have is Adam and Eve, the works of the hands. And we, as, as we know, that doesn't cover the sins. But that's all the world has, works of the hands. I, 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 I cleaned it up. I don't do this anymore. I don't do that anymore. And, uh, and in verse 18, in the middle of there, it says, Thou mayest uh, be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness doth not appear. Clothed. He says, you know, you're actually naked, and, and, and you're not clothed. But what do they think? We don't need anything. Isn't that what most of the religious world teaches today? We've got everything we need to get to heaven. Take the first step. Make the right choice. Turn over a new leaf. Pray through. They don't need anything. They don't need Jesus Christ in their own minds. 
because they think it's all up to them and what they... The works of their hands, just like Tower of Babel, make a name for ourselves. So uh, we're to show people the only true covering for sins, not, not like ham, leave it exposed. We're showing them the true, true covering, the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I determined not to know anything among you, say Jesus Christ and him crucified. So this was, this was a Babel. We looked at Babel and uh, uh, Nimrod and, and, and came down through genealogy of Ham and everything, make a name for themselves, and he confused their language and everything, and then they were no longer were they fruitful in their work. But there's a time recorded in the Bible when that was reversed. Back there, he confused their language, and that no more fruit then. But there's a time recorded in Scripture when that was reversed. And thank God for that. And let's go to Acts chapter 2, and we'll see where that was reversed. Not for everyone. We'll also see that too, maybe if we have time. Acts chapter 2. This is where, for some people, what happened at Babel, where he confused the language, was reversed. Acts chapter 2, let's start in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, just like the Lord had instructed. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Didn't splash out, didn't run out. It filled that house where they were sitting. The sound. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? So, Back at Babel, the language was confused. No more fruit there. But here, it was reversed for a certain people. And now, even though they were in different languages, they all heard in their own tongue. So that was, that was, was, uh, was reversed. So by the, the comfort that he placed in his true church and passed down from church to church, This is where the language was unconfused, where we hear, where we, where we see. Uh, I know Nicole talked about before, you know, years ago, this didn't really make sense and everything. All of a sudden, it just clicked. Then it all made sense. Then we see, and Bill, you and I have talked as, as a point in time, our, our eyes are opened. And we see, and it makes sense. And we see, and it's simple. Yes, it takes shed blood to cover our nakedness. It's not our name, not our might. It's the true way, Jesus Christ. 
And uh, we can see the only covering is, again, the blood of Jesus Christ. Scripture says, without the shedding of blood is no remission. But again, this is not for everyone. And uh, let me read this in Matthew 13. And, uh, and, and this is a hard saying for some to understand. And uh, Matthew 13, again, the language was not unconfused for everyone. Nimrod, Ham, and Nimrod's doctrine is still scattered abroad. Still people making a name for themselves. Trusting in themselves, trusting in the work of their hands to get them to glory. So, again, not for everybody though. And we'll see this. Matthew 13, and let's start in verse uh, 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, this is unto Jesus, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? So they had been with the Lord, and he speak in parables, and I'm sure they were saying, and I could hear Peter saying, Lord, this, this crowd's getting pretty rough. You know, you're speaking in parables. Why don't you spit it out? And why don't you just tell them the truth and everything? And don't speak in parables. I could just hear Peter saying that, or probably myself if I was there too. Lord, they, they got pitchforks. They're getting pretty wild here. Won't you just spit it out like you did to us? And he said, in verse 11, And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. You can't boast because you see. You can be so thankful and grateful that you can see, but you can't boast then because it was given to you. But you can be grateful because it wasn't given to everybody. I'm going to read that again. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. You talk to people all the time and hear people, they don't know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. They still think it's like Nimrod. We'll build our way to heaven by our works. So reading on verse 12, For whosoever hath to him shall be given... He shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. One scripture says, even that he seemeth to have, and I like that. 13, therefore I speak to them in parables. Now he's going to answer them. They said, why are you speaking to them in parables? Because they seeing, see not. Hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall not see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is become gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So this is the answer. The disciple said, Lord, why are you speaking parables? He's saying, because it's given to you. He said, but I don't want them to be, uh, I don't want them to see. 
I don't want them to hear. I don't want them to understand. I don't want them to be converted. I don't want to heal them. That's why he spoke in parables. And Chuck, I know to many people that's, that's a hard saying. But then the 16, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. And people say, well, you know, that's not fair. I said, well, you know, take it up with God. Take it up with Jesus. Well, that's not fair. So how do I look at it? How do you look at it? Some, he spoke in parables for the specific purpose. They couldn't see, couldn't hear, couldn't understand, wouldn't be converted, would not be healed. He spoke for that reason, and they couldn't. They couldn't see, hear, and understand. No more could Pharaoh, when he told him, he sent word to Pharaoh by Moses, uh, uh, let my people go. He told Moses, you go tell him that. And he said, but Moses, I'm going to harden his heart, and he can't let the people go. So here, he says, I speak in parables so they won't understand. So what do you, how does that make you feel? You, you judge God, say, God, that, that's not fair. Jesus, that's not fair. Is that? Well, I'll tell you how I look at it. Thank God that he's given me eyes and ears to see and hear. No, I don't deserve it. No, I didn't labor for it. Given unto me. Some may say, well, that's not fair. Uh, it's God, well... It's God's creation. He can do what he wants with it as far as is that fair. But anyway, so I thank God that he's given us, that he's reversed what took place at the Tower of Babel. Thought that they were getting there by the works of their hands. Confused the language. Scattered that doctrine abroad. It's everywhere today. But he has given unto me to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And it, it's very simple. Jesus Christ and him crucified. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed. <laughs>